The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray, the regular season, Aaron. The 2018 regular season of college football is complete. It's crazy to even say that. Conference championship week is upon us. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope you had a great weekend and I know that you did Aaron I did as well we had an awesome weekend watching football hanging out with family eating and drinking way too much and if you could follow us on social media that would be awesome we are at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 and I am at Drew Butler 13 if Thanksgiving is done that means Christmas is up next Get your loved one or your best friend a punt and pass hat or shirt. Head over to imperialsports.com. Go to the collaborations page and check out our page, which, of course, is punt and pass. That's at imperialsports.com. I can't believe it. I just said it, but I can't believe it, Aaron. The regular season is over, and as we predicted last week, It had been going too swimmingly for the college football playoff rankings. We knew something crazy was going to happen, and the wheels were set in motion this past weekend. Just for starters, Ohio State blasted number 4 Michigan 62-39. UCF starting quarterback Mackenzie Milton had a traumatic knee injury. He is definitely out for the remainder of the season. And Washington State, one of the teams with some outside-looking-in playoff chances if they took care of business in the Apple Cup this weekend. They didn't do that. They lost to Washington in a snow game, 28-15. to So there will be a shakeup in the rankings, Aaron. And college football conference conference championship weekend, excuse me, is this weekend. It's like the quarterfinals getting ready for the semifinals. Let's break it all down. What a weekend. Yeah, we keep talking about it, and it happens every year. It's it's These are the playoff games. You said it last week. I think you said it a couple times. I mean, these are the games that get you in, and everyone wants to keep talking about eight-game playoff system. And listen, everything unfolds at somehow every single season. I know people then want to talk about, oh, what about last year? SEC got two teams in, and Ohio State should have been in there. And it, it works itself out. The best teams will be in the playoffs at the end of the day. And I'm still not a believer right now that a group of five team could go in there and compete, especially UCF without Mackenzie Milton. Yeah. 
So listen, they, they it was there was a sliver of a chance. I think if McKenzie stayed healthy, which was very unfortunate for him, and and that injury, I mean that, that thing was nasty, horrible, 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 horrible injury. So prayers up for him. But if Notre Dame would have lost, and for a second there, there was a little oh, bit of hope God. coming from your side over there. I know you were kind of excited watching the, that first half of that game. But say if Notre Dame would have lost, and then somehow Texas beat Oklahoma this weekend, there was a chance UCF could get in, especially with Washington State going down. Oh, so yeah. And Ohio who knows? State's I mean, not a lock to beat Northwestern. No, and definitely not. The way Ohio State's played this year, they're not a lock. So, hey, listen, there's still a lot of room for craziness to happen this weekend. Like I said, Oklahoma, Texas should be a very good football game. We'll dive into it, too, uh, obviously, later in the week. Alabama, Georgia is going to be a great football game. Ohio State, Northwestern should not be a good game if Ohio State played like they did versus Michigan. But that's, this is Ohio State. We've seen what they've done this season. So that could be an interesting football game. So there's a lot of excitement. I know this past weekend was exciting. There's more to happen coming forward. And I'm just interested to see the playoff committee obviously had Ohio State at 10. And they had Oklahoma at six and then UCF at nine where Ohio state goes. I think they're going to jump UCF. I would put them ahead of UCF just with that win over Michigan. I still like Oklahoma more. So I think it's going to be Oklahoma five, Ohio state six is kind of where my thoughts are when the committee comes out tomorrow night. Yeah. The AP top 25 that came out on Sunday echoed that exact sentiment, Aaron, they've got Oklahoma at five, Ohio state at six and UCF at seven. That of course, and you just said it, the, the, the injury to Mackenzie Milton is terrible. I'm not even sure who their backup quarterback is, but Mackenzie Milton was a legitimate Heisman contender. One of the best quarterbacks in the nation. So prayers up to him. Okay. With all that being said, we need to predict who we think the top four in the college football playoff rankings will be. You just said yours, and what I'm getting at with that is Notre Dame. Okay, Notre Dame beats unranked USC 24-17 to in Los Angeles, and they're done for the season. So if you look at all the rankings and the predictors and the percentages, there's a 99% chance that Notre Dame is already in the college football playoff good for them all right good for them what's unfortunate though is that number one Alabama is going to have to play number four Georgia this weekend in the essential quarterfinal game now I will still maintain that if Georgia somehow some way beats Alabama Alabama is still going to the college football playoff then you look at Oklahoma Oklahoma's got to play number a top 10 Texas team right so that's another quarterfinal game. Then you look at Clemson. I know they're playing Pitt, but they do still have to play a football game, which is essentially a quarterfinal game, and Ohio State obviously going to play Northwestern. So why does Notre Dame get a pass? I was listening to Jeff Dantzler from the Georgia Bulldog Radio Network this past weekend. He brought up two fantastic points. First one is this. Notre Dame has some quasi-affiliation with the ACC, correct? They play a bunch of ACC teams throughout the season. I think it's total bullshit that they just get to sit this weekend and say, hey, thanks so much. Because we're an independent school, we don't have to play a conference championship game. I would love to see Notre Dame play Clemson this weekend, which is what they should do if they're real competitors. And if they don't, why doesn't Alabama and Georgia just sit out this weekend and say, you know what? We're good. Notre Dame doesn't have to play. Clemson gets to play Pitt. We'll just stay steady and uh, let the committee figure it out. What do you say about that, Aaron? I know you love my ideas in college football. Nah, I, I, 
it's just the way. Yeah. Listen, I wish Notre Dame was in a conference. I do. I think it. I think going forward, I think they're going to have to eventually, uh, just to with everything from recruiting to making it more consistent again to the college football players. I mean, listen, they got lucky this year because they. You look at their schedule to start the season off, and you see Michigan, Stanford, Virginia Tech, FSU, Syracuse, USC. And you think in your mind, but this is before the season starts. You're like, man, that that's a hell of a schedule right there. And you compare that with ACC schedules or you compare that with SEC schedules. And you said that is very competitive. And obviously it didn't turn out that way because Stanford didn't have a great year. Virginia Tech didn't have a great year. Yeah, you can't predict FSU. I'm just saying like you look at it and they they're not like they're scheduling cupcake games. You know, they're not scheduling an easy schedule. I mean, this is like I said, you look at the schedule in the Aussie and you're like, man, that is I don't know how they're going to survive that. There's no chance they go 12 and 0. So they're they're trying to make it competitive, which is a good thing. They're on TV every single week with that NBC deal. So there are a lot of eyes on them and it's the brand, too. So I think they've done enough to get in, but I do wish and I'm in agreement with everyone. I do wish that they would get join a conference. They need you know? to. It's it's a joke that they get this weekend off. And with the college football playoffs, this is the most important weekend of the entire season. You absolutely cannot argue that. And Aaron, I hear your point about strength of schedule. And believe me, I know that you cannot predict how teams are going to be with certainty before the season starts. But as it stands right now, out of the top six teams, do you know who has the hardest strength of schedule? Would it be Alabama? No, it's Georgia. Georgia has the 25th ranked hardest strength of schedule. Alabama has the 58th ranked, and Notre Mm. Dame has the 36th ranked. Here's the best part, though. When Georgia plays Alabama this weekend in the SEC championship game, their strength of schedule is going to shoot from 25 all the way to 10th in the nation, right? So they will have, by far and away, the hardest strength of schedule at the end of the season after playing number one ranked Alabama in their conference championship game. Also, another great statistic here. In offensive and defensive efficiency for the top six teams right now, Georgia is the third ranked offensive efficiency team in the nation and the fourth ranked defensive efficiency team in the nation Notre Dame is the 20th ranked offensive efficiency team and the 10th ranked defensive efficiency team. So when you go by statistics and you go by strength of schedule, Notre Dame should be on the outside looking in. But because they're not playing this weekend, because of their scheduling and, you know, the brand and being an independent, they're getting a pass. And you know what? I guess good on them. They did what they needed to do. They won all their games, Aaron. You can't really argue past that point, but when you break down the statistics, it gets a little iffy. I'm really interested to see how it plays out this weekend. Well, well, first of all, they're in. We all know they're in. It's going to be interesting. Let's say 12-0 Notre Dame goes in there and just gets stomped. I mean, just gets the brakes beat out of them by, say it's Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and we'll just say Oklahoma for fun right now. And Notre Dame plays Clemson and Clemson goes in there and wins that ball game 42 to 14 yep. or 42, 21. And everyone could say, just start dogging Notre Dame some more. I think this is then going to add into the conversation for next season. If this happens again and Notre Dame say 11 and one, 12 and 0, people look back and say, is this team really that good? 
because especially because they're not in a conference, they're not playing those type of games every every single week, and they're not playing a conference championship. Do they really deserve to be in the playoffs? They, I think they have to make that playoff game competitive, or they they have to win that game in order to shut everyone up. If they go in there and just get their butt handed to them that first week. I think it's going to hurt them down the road unless they do join a conference one day. No doubt. I mean, you're totally right, and that may have to be dealt with after the season, depending on how their college football playoff experience goes this year. And I know I'm ripping off a bunch of statistics, most notably about Georgia. You can call me whatever you want, but the reason I'm saying this is because it will get extremely dicey this weekend if Georgia loses a close game to Alabama, right? And Ohio State doesn't beat Northwestern convincingly. And Oklahoma gives up 50-plus points to Texas. What happens in the Final Four afterwards? I was watching ESPN this morning, Aaron, and people are saying that a certain scenario could play out to where a two-loss Georgia team could get into the playoff. Or if Georgia does beat Alabama... Okay, Georgia would probably go to number two. Clemson would slide to number one. I think Notre Dame would hold at three, Aaron. Alabama goes to four. It'd be Georgia versus Notre Dame in the semifinal game. Clemson versus Alabama. I and think then it'd that's, be Georgia, Alabama in the national championship. I think that is what most fans of the Georgia Bulldogs would hope for. I'm just giving you these statistics because madness and chaos ensues this give weekend. Me, give me this. Say Ohio State loses to Northwestern, Oklahoma Out. loses to Texas, and Georgia loses to uh, Alabama. What in what fashion? Is there I any think that's world where it gets that down, UCF down gets to. into the top four? Then no, because I mean UCF might lose this weekend, Aaron. It, it I, I know think. they could. I mean, they, listen, they play Memphis very tight earlier in the season, and now obviously you lose the best player on your team. But how about if they do? How about if? Because UCF is still. I mean, Mackenzie Milton's a stud. We know he is, but there's still plenty of talent on that team. If they go out there and win that ball game. And like I said, all those scenarios occur. I think that's the human element, though, right? If you're in the committee, you're sitting there going, are we really going to give UCF a chance without their best player? But who would you put ahead player? of them? Who, who would you put ahead of them? You know, unless Georgia got beat by 50, um, you looking at Georgia. I mean, that's the two-loss Georgia I don't scenario know. I think, right I think there. you could just say this is, this is their opportunity and we're going to put them in. I, I, think, I think the committee would put them in at that point. Wow. I mean, that would I think be... you have to. I honestly think you have to. If you have a, an undefeated UCF team once again – and you got a bunch of two lost teams. I don't know. I, I, if I'm the committee member, I'd put, I'd put them at four. It I mean, they, they, need, see, they and, need all three of those teams to lose this weekend. And that is a very real possibility. Very real there possibility. Um, I mean, Texas already beat Oklahoma. Georgia is yep. going to be a heavy underdog. It's really right on Ohio State North, Northwestern game. Yeah, and you know who knows what's so. going to happen there. Pat Fitzgerald and that Northwestern defense specifically have been playing great all year. Uh, Ohio State had their game of the season, as I predicted. And don't get me wrong, I was right on that side, but I've been wrong about Notre Dame the entire season. So I'll scream from the rooftops what I'm right about, and you'll never hear me talk about what I'm wrong about. Obviously, that's how it works. That's I mean, I, I kind works. of hope that if – obviously, we'll be a little biased here. If, if Georgia's not going to be in it, I would love to see UCF get to that number four Even spot. Even without Mackenzie Milton? I, I'm going to watch how they play this weekend. Well, I, but, just want, I just want the whole thing. And, and of course, then if, if they do get the four and Alabama whoops them up – in that first playoff game, which they, they they'll, I think they would dominate with or without Mackenzie Milton, but that's still UCF fans are going to make excuses of, oh, we're oh, in, we're missing our best player, so this really doesn't, this really is not indicative of how good we are, and the excuse trains will just be rolling, 
But I still think you put him in there and just see what happens. And maybe they'll, you know, simmer everyone down a little bit for the thought of, you know, a group of five team really having a realistic shot going forward. Absolutely. They need to figure it out. But as we've been telling you since week one on the Punt and Pass podcast, it will all figure itself out. I don't think the college football playoff system is broken, except for the fact that Notre Dame gets a weekend off and the most important weekend of the entire situation. So... Is there any way Notre Dame gets bounced from the top four? Absolutely not. They are in. They're probably going to be playing in the Cotton Bowl, I would think, Aaron. They wouldn't send them to the Orange Bowl. They'll be playing Who's in the this? Cotton Bowl. UCF? No, Notre Dame in the semifinal game. Oh, yeah. So that will remain to be seen. But, wow, what an awesome week of, weekend of college football we have coming up. Let's touch on what exactly happened on the field this past weekend. We'll keep this one short and sweet because we got a huge week. Coming up, Aaron, we both went 6-3 and three against the spread on our picks. So for the regular season, I finished with a record of 46-30-2, which I like. And you clawed your way back, Aaron. You finished 38-38-2. So you were dead even, dead even on the Wait, year. Wait, where were you again? I was 38-38 and you were? I was 46-30-2. So, wow. uh, yeah, I had a pretty strong little ending you. there. Um I'm I'm doing the calculations on my phone right now. If you get to 60% against the spread, that is winning gambling. And I was at, let's see here, 46. I'm not that good at math. Divided by Wow, the Georgia education right there. 60.5%, baby. That's nice. what I'm talking about. Attaboy. All right, let's go to what happened this past weekend. We'll start with the Georgia Bulldogs just dismantling Georgia Tech. It was 38-7 to at half. It ended up being 45-21. to Georgia Tech got a couple of non-competitive touchdowns to end the game. I tweeted out, please don't fire Paul Johnson, and it kind of went semi-viral. It got like a 1,000 retweets or likes or whatever the hell it is. But then I had people chirping at me saying I was a sore winner, and that's the only thing worse than a sore loser. I simply said I don't want the guy to lose his job, Aaron. I never want to see anybody lose their job. Is that so wrong of me? No, and I, the issue is... <laughs> The issue is uh, it's high school football. Has, they, they, yeah, they have their number right now. I mean, Kirby's smart. The defense, he's – I don't know if he almost say created, but his, his prepared his guys to do to defend the triple option has been just absolutely dominant these past few years. And it's just – they've just whooping butt. And um, I don't know. I mean, Georgia Tech had a decent year this year. So yeah, I, I don't think it's – their it, last eight. That's not yeah, I don't, think it, I don't think Paul Johnson's job's in any kind of jeopardy right now. But – Hey, listen, if you just keep getting waxed by Georgia year in and year out, then I love what Kirby said in his press conference. Oh, he great. said, you know, if you if you don't want to face a triple triple option, just keep whooping their butt pretty much and, and you're not so, gonna have yeah, to eventually you won't have to. No, I you're just, totally right. I mean, you think about I, this. I'm, I'm I'm a little confused about this because Georgia Tech, I mean, listen, it's in a it's in a weaker conference. You're in the you're in Atlanta. You could probably recruit if you had a normal offense, I think you could recruit talent Absolutely. to Georgia Tech. Why not get a, a coach that just runs a, you know, a, a more of a spread offense, something exciting, something that you can get recruits. I think you can recruit at Georgia Tech. I really do. I mean, you are in the heart of Atlanta, ton of talent in the state of Georgia. I know you got to compete with Georgia, but that's it. It's not like you're you're in Florida. You got to compete with Florida, Florida State, Miami, USF, UCF. I think you can get the scraps, and there's a lot of good players here in the state where I think you can make it really, really competitive, especially in the ACC. I just think you're just, you're going to get consistently seven wins a year, eight wins a year. 
Georgia Tech, you continue to run that offense. It all comes down to recruiting. I mean, they were talking about it on the broadcast, Aaron. Georgia Tech's defensive line averaged 251 pounds, and Georgia's offensive line averaged 325 pounds. You are going to get your ass kicked every single time you play with a mismatch like that. And you mentioned it, man. It's the coaching and what they are not able to do. If they were to make a move from Paul Johnson, here's who I would say look at. Tony Elliott, he's the co-offensive coordinator and the running backs coach at Clemson. He's a hot shot recruiter. Bring a guy like that into Atlanta, into Georgia Tech, which it kills me to say, but is a great school. I mean, these guys can create something if they wanted to. They just would have to make the switch. It remains to be mm-hmm. seen. But Georgia takes care of business as predicted. They cover the spread. They whoop up on Georgia Tech 45-21. to 21. Finish for the first time in school history, Aaron with consecutive 11-1 and records. All right, Friday night, Oklahoma bested West Virginia. This was your over lock of the century. It's set at 86.5. They beat them 59-56. to I just don't see how the committee can look at Oklahoma and say they deserve to be in. They give up 50-plus every single week, Aaron. But the— Every team's built different, though. This is like a this is like a baseball team in the MLB saying, "Oh, this team's better because they win every game." Okay, I like that. You know, four nothing. But some teams have really good pitching. Some teams have really good hitting. And right now, Oklahoma has really good hitting. I like and that's that. That's plain and simple. I mean, every team is built d- differently. Um, I mean, they're they're the complete opposite of, of Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame plays really good defense. They run the ball well. They're not going to blow teams out, you know, 50, nothing, but they're going to win 24, 17, like this past weekend where Oklahoma is going to win 59, 56. It's just different mentalities, different schemes, different personnel. And like I said, as long as you're winning, you're winning a win. It's a win is a win. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. You win 50, nothing. You win 59 to 56. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Like I prefer. Um, not a complete defensive game, but I well, prefer a game. I, I prefer something that's not just like seven on seven, where guys can't tackle, guys are taking bad angles. It's just I think I think that kind of football for me sloppy. Some people may enjoy it, but some people will say I love a game that's fifty nine, fifty six. It's just touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. I, I like something a little bit closer myself. I am an offensive guy. I don't know. I think they're in. I think they're in if they win because of Kyler Murray too. Okay. I think as he is, he's going to be the number two Heisman guy. And the committee looks at that too. What's going to sell tickets. What's going to get people excited. A team that scores 50 plus points and the number two guy in the Heisman race. I think that's what gets them in. Is it the best brand of football? I say no, but people in the big 12 love it. So they're saying yes. Yeah. I mean, it's top to bottom. That's how football is played in the big 12. And you're looking at a score like that. I mean, that is simply scoring on just about every single time you have possession of the football, how that would match up in the college football playoff. Well, hell we saw it a year ago when they faced Georgia, they pretty much scored every single time they had the ball in the second half. Georgia made some adjustments and then took care of business in double overtime. But Oklahoma, a big, huge rematch against Texas. The Red River shootout will take place in AT&T Stadium, I believe, for the Big 12 championship. Game of the weekend, number 10 Ohio State absolutely demolished number 4 Michigan, 62-39. to Ohio State was, I think, a a 4.5-point home underdog. And I loved it from the get-go, Aaron. I just thought to myself, Jim Harbaugh has never beaten Urban Meyer. Nobody on that entire Michigan team had ever beaten 
Ohio State. We talked to Denard Robinson earlier in the week. He was even talking about how hard it is to play in the big horseshoe. I thought there was nothing to lose for Ohio State, everything to lose for Michigan, and, man, they played like it. Well, Dwayne Haskins just balled out six he touchdowns. He was on fire. And then Shea Patterson, you look at the stats, you're like, okay, that's a decent day. But if you watch that game, you're like, man, he did not look good. Everything was underthrown. He was aiming the football. His little rectum was a little too tight for me watching <laughs> that game. It's like, just let it rip. I mean, he was aiming everything. And sometimes as a quarterback, you get like that where it's, it's like a pitcher who just can't hit the strike zone. It's just you don't feel great. The ball's on spinning out of your hands. I've had it happen to me plenty of times. And that's what he looked like that during that game on Saturday. He looked nervous. He looked like he didn't have control of the football. And, and that's why you saw a lot of balls dying on him. As a quarterback, just let it rip. Trust it and let it rip. When you start trying to aim it, like I said, balls are going to die, especially in cold. They're like they, they face that during that game. But Ohio State, you know, they, they haven't looked like that all season. I know. It's they really funny. haven't. But the crazy thing is they have that talent, have the talent on offense. I mean, they got great running backs. They got a great quarterback. They have talent on defense, even with their best player out for the season. They just haven't put it together. They, this is the first time you finally get to see, okay, this is the Ohio State team. We thought we were going to see every single week. And, and But that's what makes you nervous about this weekend, once again, is what Ohio State team are we going to get? Are we going to get the team that got blown out by Purdue? Are we going to get the team that almost lost to Maryland and should have lost to Maryland? Or are we going to get the dominant football team that that they should be and the team that just whooped up on Michigan this past weekend? So I, I just don't know the hot and cold. At least Oklahoma has been consistently explosive. Consistent. Yes. They're in every – even the game they lost to Texas. They were in that football game. They yep. could have won it. Great point. I know Texas had that lead for a little bit in the third quarter, I think about 21 points. But Oklahoma came back and almost won that football game. At least Oklahoma every single week is winning or – dominating and Ohio state has it. So that that's the one thing it is one game enough for the committee to say, I know it's what have you done for me lately is one game enough to put them ahead of, of Oklahoma. I, I say no, but like I said, Oklahoma has a tougher task going against Texas than, than Ohio State does against Northwestern. Yeah, very well said. Oklahoma is consistently explosive on offense. They put up points against just about anybody. Ohio State just been so up and down this season. You just knew somehow, some way, they were going to be able to salvage their entire year by taking care of business against Michigan, and that's exactly what they did. I got some breaking news here, Aaron. North Carolina is naming Mac Brown their new head football wow. coach so mac brown who has been on espn he was formerly the head coach at texas he's back with the tar heels aaron if you keep doing what you're doing on tv they might just give you a head coaching job even if you have zero experience just uh keep doing what you're doing one day I you can hire me as your uh, i would dominate director of team morale and special teams that's what i'll be uh, for you absolutely all right let's wrap this up Clemson took care of South Carolina. I was really surprised by how well South Carolina was able to score on Clemson. Jake I told Bentley you South Carolina's offense of his career. I told you they've turned it around middle of the season. That offense has turned it around and gotten going a little bit defensively. They haven't been good all year, but offensively, I mean, they got weapons. So I, I wasn't shocked by that at all. I'm more concerned for Clemson because we've seen their, their secondary this season at times not look very good. So if you want to match up, yeah, Clemson versus Oklahoma, or if you want to match up Clemson versus Alabama, I think, I think they, they would struggle stopping those, those offenses. Their, their D line we know is dominant, but the secondary is just not held You're up. Totally teams right. have multiple, 
if teams have more than one good receiver, say two or three, which Oklahoma has good receivers and Alabama has really good receivers. I don't know if Clemson could stop them. It would have to be, you know, it'd have to be an Oklahoma type game where, where Clemson is going to have to score a ton of points if they want to continue to compete against the big boys and teams that can move the ball offensively. Yeah. And these explosive plays against their secondary are not just big chunk yardages. They are wide open receivers catching and running for 50, 70 yard touchdowns. It's crazy. That's not what you usually see from a top three ranked team of the nation. Texas A&M exposed them earlier in the season. South Carolina certainly exposed them, but Clemson's offense, too powerful. They win by 21, 56 to 35. Iron Bowl, Alabama just routes Auburn 52 to 21. It was close for, I guess, the first quarter, maybe two, a tongue of Iloa, five touchdowns. I think he threw for like 85% completion percentage. He's winning the Heisman. Alabama looks like an unstoppable force, but... You know what? They've showed some kinks in the armor of late, Aaron. I just don't know if there's enough kinks for Georgia to be able to make um, a killing blow and beat them in the SEC championship game. I'm, I'm going to watch some film this week. I'm not going to save my juice. I'm going to come watch for our film show with later. You. I'm going to come watch film with I'm, you. I need to get in your ear, or at least have you in my ear and understand where we're going with this, because I could see either way, right? You want to be on the right side of this prediction, Aaron, for sure. And you want to be, especially you, you're going to be on national television. You're going to be covering the game for the SEC on CBS. You need to bring the heat. I don't want you to say Tua Tungvalu is good. Nick Saban's a great defensive mind. Georgia's going to have a tough time. No. I want you to say something completely out of left field, which is proven to be true. So then in 2019, they kick Gary Danielson off the broadcast, and you're there, there every 330. I love where your head Right? Now. That's what we need to do. No, so I'm, we need to I'm figure it out. Fire. As soon as we're done recording this right now, I'm going to start watching my film for the week. Because I got no game. This is my game. This, this is week. it, so baby. I probably need to watch some SEC film. I've been watching Mountain West and AAC all week. My season's over with, so now I can focus on some SEC ball. So – but how about one more game I want to talk about? Did you watch LSU and AM? Yes, that was next on the list. Let's talk. Holy about it. smokes. I'm so we're calling our game. We had the I had the UNLV uh Nevada game, which actually was pretty damn good. And we had I had my phone out. Don't tell my CBS um my boss at CBS, but we had our, my phone out and uh, I was watching the LSU AM game too. And that that was nuts, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Highest scoring game in college football history. Yep. You could not have told me ahead of the game that it was going to be like that. But I mean, if you go to points. seven seven overtimes, you're bound to get a lot of touchdowns. Joe Burrow had a day. Kellen Mond had a day. And uh, fun football, man. Can that I make was a fun, fun football. What? I'm laying down on the couch Saturday night. Um, ate a bunch of leftovers. I was actually flipping between your game and the LSU-Texas A&M game. I go to the LSU-Texas A&M game, last play of the fourth quarter, Del Pitt, the safety for LSU, intercepts it. They give Coach O the Gatorade bath. You know what I did? I turned the TV off and I went to bed. I turned the TV off and I went to bed. I woke up and I had like 25 text messages in a group chat. I'm like, what the hell is going on? LSU, Texas A&M, oh my God, this is crazy. I was like, what? Looked at my app. It said 74-72 and 7 overtime. So I got up. I watched the replay, and uh, I missed it. I missed it live, but I saw <laughs> I saw the replay. And that game was insane. I would be the first to tell you the referees were 
horrible. They were atrocious. And they cost LSU that game not once, not twice, but three or four times. And the fact that those guys wearing the zebra stripes get to show up next week and officiate another game with zero repercussions is beyond me. It makes no sense. If you were in any other profession, Aaron, any other profession, and you performed so poorly the week before, you would, one, be reprimanded, two, have to face some serious consequence, or three, lose your job. When I was in the NFL and I had three bad games in a row, guess what happened to me? I lost my job. That's called responsibility. That's called accountability. And as far as Do I'm your concerned, damn job. that's what's supposed to happen in America today. But it's 2018. And you know what? These refs will just get another chance next weekend. It's beyond me. It is beyond me. And I feel bad for LSU here. The only good thing about this is from a Georgia bias standpoint, the fact that LSU lost, if Georgia does get whooped up by Alabama, they're going to the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, uh, that is the, the positive. But how about A&M, though? You know, top some first-year head coaches at new schools, Dan Mullen, Jimbo Fisher, the Florida Gators whooped up on FSU, their yep. nine wins. A&M, eight wins. Had some impressive wins. Yeah, and some really some close losses, losses, too. Yeah. So you got to like the direction A&M's heading going forward. I think with Jimbo as the head coach, they have the best facilities in the country. They have money through the roof. I mean, they have more money than anyone else. Oh, it's crazy. In the country. I think this A&M team may be one of the, the, the most sexiest places to go for a recruit Ooh. going forward in the SEC. So it's going to be interesting to see. They beat LSU, and then we said, I mean, LSU should have probably won that football game. But at the end of the day, you look back, A&M still won that game. I'm not saying it's going to happen next year, but I could see in two years A&M maybe vying with Alabama once Tua leaves as as one yep. of the top dogs in the SEC and the SEC West. So good for good for Jimbo. I mean, that's a heck of a first year, and they should get to a good bowl game too, especially after this last win. Bowl game's looking at it like, okay, this is an impressive team. They yeah. barely lost to Clemson. They played Alabama so-so, and then they beat LSU in an awesome, exciting ball game. So it's uh, it's a good good year one down there in College Station. No, there's no doubt about it. Great, uh, bold prediction about A&M competing with Alabama once two is gone, of course. But I agree with you, and I cannot believe we're already talking about bowl games to come. College football regular season is over, Aaron. Tear. My heart breaks a little bit, but we got an awesome weekend ahead. Number one, Alabama is going to take on number four, Georgia. That's a prediction on the rankings. In the SEC championship game this weekend, Ohio State Northwestern in the Big Ten championship. We got Oklahoma, Texas in the Big 12 championship. Clemson, Pittsburgh, ACC championship. And Notre Dame just gets to sit at home, kick back, and relax. Who knows why? But I guess when you have the Golden Dome on top of your head, you just get to live by a different set of rules. And that includes Alabama, too. Alabama's already in. The playoff committee should just extend invitations to Alabama and Notre Dame this past weekend. There's only two spots available on conference championship weekend. And crazy enough, Notre Dame doesn't even have to compete for one of them. All right, Aaron, you have a huge week, SEC championship week. We're both in Atlanta, Georgia. You are going to be on the CBS coverage. So Aaron goes big time. Not a surprise for any of us that know you, my man. Do you have anything on the way out? No, man. It's gonna be a fun week. A lot of excitement. Just give me to this weekend. It's gonna be. Let's go. Nuts. How about hey tomorrow night? 
Big night tomorrow night. The Alliance quarterback draft room. Oh, let's the go. Alliance, the Alliance the of American football. Draft. Are you going out there or are you just going to be at no, home with they the TV wanted, cameras? They wanted, they wanted me to go out there for it. Or they were actually, I was in Vegas. They wanted me to stay for the draft. But you and I, we have our show on Tuesday night. I'm like, oh, I can't. Yeah. I got my campus lower show on Tuesday. You're my too busy. Not gonna be able to be too you, busy. I'm too busy this too week. Hard. I got too much stuff going on. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome for anybody that's oh, been living on You know, Kurt Warner's going to be on it. Okay. going to be calling it? Kurt Warner and Trent Dilfer are doing it. Dilfer's dime. Sweet, dude. Dilfer that will be dime, exciting. So. I can't wait to see if where Atlanta you doesn't end up. pick me, I want to be pissed. <laughs> that's right. If you have been living under a rock, Aaron Murray has signed to play in the Alliance of American Football League, which starts the week after the Super Bowl and the quarterback draft is Tuesday night, so check into that, and uh, they will tell you where you can buy and what team you can buy all the merch for. Get your Aaron Murray jerseys. All right, man. Get your purple on. Get your purple on. There you go. That could be a nice little hint for you. All right. Thanks, my man. We got a huge week ahead. We appreciate you listening to us, and be sure to check back on Thursday. Follow us on social media at Punt and Pass at Drew Butler 13 and at Aaron Murray 11. We will talk to you later on this week. See you.